Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Four Fit Podcast. Metal Matt here. We got Big John Stud with the Wild Bill. J Lo's under the weather. Shout out to J Lo. Feel better soon, bud. Stay well, Jess. That's right. How's everyone doing? Good, good, good. Feeling good? Thank All you. right. Nice. We uh, we're gonna put NFL news and talk on hold with uh, you know, being on the back burner of the season. Figured we'd talk a little hoops tonight, fellas, huh? Some hoops. Oh yeah, you know it. Who's not fired up for some hoop talk now? They don't make they don't make themes like that anymore. They don't. You imagine being the the studio musicians called in to record that. Hey guys, read this score. Tell me what you think. Let's do a couple rough takes. And just, you know, in the studio, laying that track down and then getting the final mix. And they're like, yeah, this will work. This will work. This will work. <laughs> this will get people pumped up for some hoops. It's uh, like vintage 90s uh, Jordan era. NBC. Barb Albert. Yeah. And who's the little like, Italian? Yeah. Who's the little Italian guy we said? We keep forgetting oh, his Fertello. name. Mike Fratello. Yep. It, did we talk about it? God, I'm showing now. Uh... My my boomerness, boomerness. Um, did we talk about the whole thing with the um, uh, like I the Tiger with um, like Stallone calling in? Was it who who the song? That that's not Foreigner. That's um, Survivor. Survivor. Yeah. Was that? Did we talk about that on here? Mm. Mm-mm. About how like because I feel like it's the same with that song. Like I guess Stallone called up Survivor like when they after they had their hits or whatever and how he wanted them to write a theme song the theme song to uh Rocky Three with Mr. T, the eye of the Survivor. So I guess they thought it was like a prank at first because like they thought a guy would put in their buddies doing a Stallone voice because they knew they liked Rockies. <laughs> they called and they didn't do anything. They're like, you know, they thought and they called two weeks later, Sly did himself. I guess he's pretty hands-on with the, with the movies. And he didn't call back. And then the, the manager's like, what the hell's wrong with you, dude? Like, Stallone called you twice. They're like, oh, that wasn't so-and-so. So he was messing with me. <laughs> so he calls him back. And Sly Stallone's like, how you doing? I call him Sly, I call him Sly not Sylvester, because, you know. It's, well, it's, yeah, he's he's it, fan it, of the pod. He, he's a fan he, of the pod. He's cool with it. And <laughs> shout, uh, out, shout out to Sly. So supposedly, the uh, story was that he's like, yeah, man, Bella, you really dig your shit. Like, I want you to write the theme song to Rocky Three. It's perfect. So like he's like, but the thing is, I need it like in a like a whatever a week, you know. I I, I get a hold of you guys for like a month, but I and they're like, he's like, you do it. They're like, hey, hey no. yo, I've been calling you for uh, a like, month. Like, I'm kind of pissed at first, and like, I saw, I guess I must saw it on a different pod. I thought we talked about it, but and uh, so basically, um, they like worked on it all week, and they picked like one song, like they worked on all week, like this and that. They're like, all right, this is the song. And they were going to send it out. And their manager was like, well, he wants a B-side as well. He wants something on the other side. So they had nothing. They wrote I Are the Survivor in like a couple hours just to put it on the B-side. And it's I Are the Survivor. So the point was like they worked all week on a song. They were like, this is it. He didn't like it. The B-side was I Are the Survivor. They wrote it in like an hour or two just because it was like midnight. And they wanted to get out of there. They're like, I got a riff. And it was like, bam, awesome. bam, bam, bam. <laughs> but that same thing, to put it out, horrible long 
thing was. Same thing with NBC theme song. They probably were just like, I got a great song. Well, some idiot test out on the mixing board was like, Oh, wait, Here's, so the so the NBA on NBC theme song is called Round Ball Rock. Ooh. It's the musical score composed by John Tesh, who's an American pianist and composer of pop music and a radio it? host and television presenter. Yeah. Tesh came up with a melody while at a hotel and called his answering machine at home to sing the preliminary version of the melody so he would not forget it. That's awesome. That was awesome. That's how it happens. Fake <laughs> it till you make it, man. That, that show entertainment tonight. He was like one of the original hosts. That big tall guy with the blonde hair. Yeah. You saw me, that's you saw him. John me. Tesh. MB, M, NBC played the theme 12,000 times during their run. It, it, it aired between 1990 and uh, it ended at, in uh, 2002. How much money did he get per time that was aired? Like, Jesus. How much is he getting paid? Yeah, I don't know. Like, is he, like, fuck you money from that? Like, is he getting, like... I don't know about that, but, I mean, he's he's a pop music composer. Uh, he's done all kinds of stuff for TV and radio. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's a celebrity. He, he John, a John Tesh. Thank you, John Tesh. <laughs> so, anyway, some hooping news. Uh, NBA, specific. What... We're midway through the season. What has impressed you guys so far, if anything? Because like we've noted and talked before on previous episodes, we're kind of down on the NBA right now, I feel, as a, as a podcast. as And, and it's sad but true. You know, we're pretty avid, diehard basketball fans. We love our 76ers. We love watching basketball. But the NBA is just, you know, and I personally said it, I, I feel a little disconnected, but I, I'm always gravitated toward it. I'm always checking it out no matter what. I always give it the benefit of the doubt because of my love for the game. So is there anything this year that has impressed you? One thing about the first half of the, of the season that, is, that has impressed you league-wide. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking just Sixers specific. Is there anything? Is it the LeBron scoring title? Is it... What happened at the trade deadline? Any trades impress you? Uh, anything? Um, I can start. I think the I think the one of the most fascinating things so far is just the fact that the the top teams um, are basically young guys. They're 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 young teams that are top of the top seeding right now. Um, whether that be trades in the off season that help those teams or just young athletic uh players um there are you know boston celtics obviously with tatum um jalen brown um we also have the nuggets with jokic fairly young i would say right the kings the kings definitely memphis grizzlies who we're watching right now the sick go against the sixers i think that just that young it's about time where the nba is kind of changing the guard a little bit exactly 100 percent you know, the Westbrooks, you, you, that whole era, yeah, I would say, you know, Durant is in starting to be in that conversation a little bit. Uh, who else would you lump into that? LeBron, Kyrie. Kyrie, yeah. I mean, uh, Kevin Love just 
got a buyout. I mean, no, he's not a superstar. Ka- Kawhi, can you say Kawhi is kind of starting to lean into that 100%. a little bit? So Chris like Paul. Chris Paul, John Wall, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, James Harden. <laughs> James Harden. <laughs> Unfortunately yeah. for yeah. us, James Harden. Uh, I mean, can that guy just like take over a couple games for us just to, you know, like what is going on with that guy? I, I will say one quick thing about James. His Harden. numbers are still pretty impressive. I mean, he's averaging 21 tennis, almost 11 assists a game. Shout out to James Harden. though. I, that, that whole Michigan state shooting that just happened. Yeah. Apparently he reached out to one of the, one of the victims who like, apparently he was shot and from the waist down, he was paralyzed and James Harden. Like, well, five of them there. are still alive, right? I, th- I think so. I, I, just uh, I mean, as of right now that, I mean, I know three are dead. Three were murdered. Five were in the hospital. Two of them, I think, were in critical. I don't know if they're still with us or not, but shout out to Michigan. Yeah. And James Harden apparently reached out to one, one of the kids and, like, sent him shoes and, like, like helped us go fund me with, like, medical bills and things. Oh, that's, and, cool. that's cool. And, and then also, like, FaceTime. So yeah. that's, that's, that's really awesome for James. So Yeah. Well, well done. Awesome. More players should do that. More people should do that. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just from a basketball standpoint, I mean, he, I would, I would think that he is kind of underwhelmed since he's been here. Um, but now basically he's kind of said, and I think they mentioned it this, this afternoon um, before the game that, you know, now's the time where the rubber meets the road for the Sixers. So they're kind of all in, but you know, there's, we've heard inklings of, you know, the, the, yes, today's practice wasn't so great. I just saw in a timeout, Doc Rivers was chew, chewing them out and questioning whether they have the toughness to be a championship team. And so it's, it's tough. It's tough. Well, like Chuck said at halftime, he's worried about his Sixers because he still loves the yeah. Sixers. But, you know, he said until a lot the, of things. Yeah, until the Suns are in the uh, East. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, Chuck makes a lot of sense in the in the you know when he says this team, he's not impressed with the mental toughness of this team, right? And that's I, I mean that's one thing that we keep going back to. Mm-hmm. We keep calling them soft, you know, not just physically but mentally. It just seems like they're just they break down, you know, when the going gets tough in any game, no no matter how important the game seems to be, they're just they're just soft. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that I don't know if you if if you coach a team out of that or it's, you know, I know a lot of it is you're either born with toughness or you're or you're not. It's a confidence thing. And who knows? I mean, maybe this team on paper looks great, but they're just lacking chemistry. I, I don't I don't really know. You, you look at this Memphis team that we're watching now. And you look at guys like uh, Dylan Brooks and um, Bain and Bain, love Jackson. That kid. Desmond like, Bain is a baller. Like, and oh, he's like yoked too. He I looks know. like he looks like a walking bodybuilder on the basketball court. But a guy like Dylan Brooks is, is a guy I compare to someone like PJ Tucker, which we joke around about, and like a Draymond. He's that guy that like kind of just brings that toughness that you're not coming into the lane, or if you do, you're going to get fouled. You know. Maybe I may get two or three technicals a week, but that's the type of guy that a team kind of needs to be like an enforcer that 
I was hoping that maybe PJ Tucker could could be. So we'll we'll see. I mean, you know, it's early in the season, but you know, come come playoff time, PJ Tucker is the type of guy that I want to be. You know, you know, down there really enforcing the paint. Well, come playoff time, you know, one of the things that you need to make a deep run is veterans with a lot of postseason experience, especially on your bench. Now, PJ's not a bench a bench guy, but he brings that veteran experience, that toughness, both physically and mentally, that I think the Sixers need that we didn't have in previous years. So I'm with you, John. I'm I'm still holding out hope. Uh, and the book's still being written on this team. But I don't have a good feeling. I just don't. I mean, like Chuck said at halftime, you know, he, the Sixers have a shot. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's a good shot, but they have a shot. And it's the same old story too, right? You start this game, you know, this is the first game back after the all-star game. And they look and drunk. Like, they look hungover. And, yeah. It's, it's Joel Embiid is uh, not feeling well and he's, his foot's still sore. It's like, okay, we're already sort of setting the tone for this. And guy's he went injured. two for 14 the first half. Like doc, just pull him, man. Like, well, tell him it's not your night. I agree with you there, but at the same token, like, don't tell me the next game after the all-star break that your foot's still sore and you were, you, you were playing how many minutes in the all-star game. Like that's the stuff that I that don't too. understand. Like watching him in his career. And we've all argued about this time and time again, if he is not healthy, this team is not going to go anywhere. This team is not going to win without James Hart. Well, I'm sorry, without Joel Embiid and just James Harden and the rest of this cast of characters, it's going to have to have him be the centerpiece and have the cast of characters with Maxi and, and, and Harden around him to be able to, to, to make a run. If he's going to be again, hurt, this is like, this is like a, this is like a back to the future of our episode. Probably it's the definition around the of insanity. Exactly. Right. And, and I understand he's a dominant player, but he's dominant when he's healthy. And if he's not healthy, I would, I would much rather him not play the all-star game. I'd much rather him be sitting on the bench right now, getting rest for that, for that time, because what's the difference? We always talk about what's the difference between the third seed and the seventh seed who cares, you know? So I, it's a big, it's a, it's very telling that he's banged up again. And it's very telling that uh, he's, he's, that's the narrative going on right now. Have we ever had a healthy Joel Embiid though? Let's just like be real. Uh, Maybe the guy's probably never been healthy. Was it the Jimmy Butler Eastern Conference final year? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't even remember. I, I, I don't. He's been he's been unhealthy so much that you don't even remember. Yeah, and that's not a good thing for your. Career. No. No. But I mean, at least it isn't Ben Simmons. You know what I mean, or or Markel Fultz, or you know, one of those other, you know, problem ch- problem children that Marmalukes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, James Harden has been underwhelming. I'm looking for that 40, 50 point sort of, you know, game from him. I don't see it. You got Maxi coming off the bench now. Um, this McDaniels kid, I think has got, I mean, he's got length, but I don't know if he really moves the needle. Um, what's going on with Quirk Moss? Not that I really like him, but I mean, Niang, I know everybody likes him from a shooting perspective, but I mean, he looks like his new nickname should be dad bod. 
I mean, he doesn't look like an NBA player. No, he looks like us at like men's night running around. Yeah. Like imagine like you see Desmond Bain and then you but see. I do like his toughness him. though. We talk about mental toughness. Like the minivan. He can talk and bring it. He can talk. Yeah. yeah. 100%. But he's not a, he's not a, he's not that great of a shooter. I mean, he can get hot sometimes, but we don't have that guy. That's like knocking down threes. Like well, we don't have, and I keep, I've been banging this drum for like three years. We don't have the bench depth that we need to make a deep playoff run either. We we don't. We just. Yeah. I mean, what, who, who's on our bench? You just said it. <laughs> we got Niang. We've got Maxie. aside from Maxi, who should be starting. But aside from, from Maxi, who do we have? Milton coming off our bench. Montrez, Harold, Daniel House, George Niang, Shake Milton, uh, Paul Reed, your favorite. We have Deadman, McGlung, and I think Cork Maz is kind of I don't know what his deal is. So Mac McClung probably is our best shooter coming off the bench aside from Max. <laughs> so he's our best dunker. <laughs> from what he's put up. Well, the kid looks like he can shoot too. I mean, he's he's got skill. I don't know. I don't understand why we just don't kick the tires on this kid when we're trying to figure out. It seems like Doc Rivers still trying to figure out matchups and and lineups for for the playoffs. So why not? Uh, I I would be very surprised knowing Doc's uh, track record if Mac McClung is get, getting any getting any ball. I mean, Jaden Springer, Jalen, Jaden Springer, Jalen. Yeah, Springer, like, is he still hurt. I mean, what's his deal? I mean, we talk about draft picks all the time, and the guy has, yeah. like, one good game. He had yeah. one good game, like, uh, I want to say in December or something, January, and then you don't hear from him. It was in, like, scrub time. But I mean, there's, there's another topic that we haven't touched on in a while, and we should, we should touch on, is, you know, when is Daryl Morey going to be held accountable for some of this stuff? And, like, let's look at his track record. Since he's gotten here. So aside from the Harden deal, he drafted Maxi, which seems to be working out so far. What else has he done? He figured out how to get rid of Ben Simmons. Yeah. But, but what has, has that done? like since, but it, with all of that said, we still haven't even reached a, Conference final. Oh, I think you're selling Daryl Moore short. He gave Boston back the missing piece. They need to be a championship team in Al Horford. So he got rid of that shitty contract. And Al Horford's once again a okay, not an all star player, but um, no, but he was in the finals last year. I know that was what I was seeing. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, I get it. I get you. No, I get you. He, you know. Boston needed one key piece to be a championship team veteran. And it was Hal Horford. <laughs> and I give back the big Al back. He never wanted to leave anyway. No, he didn't. Uh, but I mean, no, it's. Yeah. But like, you know, you know, we had our, we had our, our Howie shit parade for a better part of a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think Daryl Morey's next. Yeah, I mean, what more really can you do in the NBA today? I think that's part of our 
what's going to elaborate into our conversation here regarding the NBA. Where well, here's the big kicker: when we lose in the first, uh, to John's point, if we fall to the seven seed, which I don't think we will, but if we do, then we play the Bucks round one. So that's a round one exit instead of a round two exit. Um, so I think that would be the final piece to have. I think James Harden probably opts out of next year because it's a player option. Yep. He'll walk. He won't want to be here. Um, we'll probably maybe try to get rid of Joe. Pennies on the dollar. I think Doc will be gone. Um, Toby will be. I think I think we'll be able to get rid of Toby next year. I could be wrong. I think this might be Toby's last year on, on his guaranteed contract. I could be wrong. Though. I might have one more. But, I mean, there's when I say there's nothing to be positive about, that's, that's an understatement with the Sixers. I mean, it's, they are literally a small notch above where they were when the process started. We didn't want to be in purgatory as a six and seven seed and maybe getting out of the first round if we got lucky and then losing in the second round. What the hell are we? Okay, great. We're a three or four seed now. And we, dominate the first round, look amazing against the Wizards, amazing against the Knicks, amazing against the Pacers, and then we play the Hawks or, or the Raptors. I mean, the Raptors went on the win, but, I mean, they were the Kawhi team. But, um, I mean, second round, it's, it's a joke. So we have all this spent. We, were, we had to lose for five years. I mean, I think, I, were, were we, I think we were the one seed the year we lost to the Hawks. So, so how'd that help us out? How'd that win out? We got to play the worst team left in the playoffs, but their best player literally being five, seven, and we couldn't win that series. So, I mean, I think from just a basketball fan, um, from my view, it's, it's, I watch the game maybe here, here and there, cause I enjoy it, the game, but I don't enjoy it at the same time because it's all leading to nowhere. Um, I talk about this with the Eagles, but I, it applies to the Sixers and Phillies as well. Um, I'm trying to become a fan again to where it's not championship robust, but I'm not there right now. Cause I, cause I think I want it from the Sixers, mm-hmm. the Phillies. I want it. Um, but they're, 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 they're a fun team usually to root for Eagles. I want it cause I just, you know, like this team. And obviously it's the fan you want to win. Sixers, I need it. Like, I need the Sixers to win a championship. And it's just not going to happen. Like, I've come to accept this team. I, I, I think it's, if you even put these guys in the championship discussion, then you're, you're just trying to get clickbait or something. Because they're so far removed from a championship level team. And I think that's just where... Personally, my 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 balloon's been deflated with this team. That it's just great. Joel put up forty five and a nine oh and we'll kick the shit out of the Bobcats. Woo wee. Good job, guys. Wait, 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 way to beat those uh those those pesky thunder, you know. Great, good job, Cal. Uh what do you do after what, what do you do after you get four days off in a statement game where games like this matter in the NBA for confidence for a lot of reasons? You maybe want to get the two seed, and maybe maybe you get home field. Miami field, maybe that's a possible way you, you could get by the Bucks if you have home court. Maybe you could get to a game seven. You never know at home in a game seven what goes down. So these games matter now. There's only twenty some left, and you come out and you lay an egg. 
you get embarrassed from a young team that's good. I mean, these guys are up and coming. I mean, they, they could win the West. It wouldn't shock me if Memphis came out of the West. It would be like, all right. Be, but you just see two different teams, like a team that wants to win the game in Memphis, and the Sixers are just saying, well, well what were the Sixers? We're at home. We're and it's just like, great. Like, like, I don't know. It's just, for me, it's just uh, tough to get excited even it's when they defl- do anything. It's deflating. So, so I guess my question then is what – Who's the who's the blame? I mean, is it is it choosing Doc Rivers when you got rid of Brett Brown? Is it trading Jimmy Butler? Is it this ownership? I mean, like I have an opinion on it, but I'd like to know like what you guys think is the major malfunction here because I look at a lot of other teams, and if you're not the Warriors or a team like Phoenix, right, who has has a, a, a pretty good team and then just got a superstar because he yeah. forced his way there. I don't know what, what NBA teams are doing, <clears throat> you know, like let's, let's be real. Sacramento's stunk for if, 25 if, years. No, they've made it. They've not made the playoffs in 15 years. Yeah. So, I mean, seeing them as a, a, a three seed or a two seed, wherever they are right now, doesn't really, you know, get my rocks off. It's great. Congratulations. Great coaching. Great putting pieces together. But I mean, that's that's we're nowhere different at that point. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, there to go to your first question. I don't want to pounce on the Kings too much. I mean, although I know I see you're saying it's the West is kind of like East a little bit. And that's the thing. There's just parity in the league because I think you're two or three games out from being the three seed to like the 10 seed in the West. And like so that's like the parody thing. But to answer your question about whose fault is it, I think it's an organizational failure from top to bottom. I think it starts with Josh Harris. I think uh, he decided that – and he's a business owner, so it, uh, I mean it's not hard to fault the guy. But as a fan, you slip back now and you start to question things. It's his plan – well, that, I, you know, I think on some level to win a championship, but – he knew that in the NBA, as long as you have a 50-win team, which the Sixers have been consistently the last five, six years, you sell out all your games. Like you, you'll sell out all your games if you're constantly a three, four, five seed. Like people, you could sell them on the chance of being a championship team. Like mm-hmm. you have that hype. But I think when you allow the tanking for five years and you're the head of the culture of you know, you know, tanking to win. Man, I don't, I don't think you ever wash that stink off. I think the only way you wash that stink off is if that shot doesn't drop against Toronto and we somehow win a championship that year. Because then there's no way Jimmy Butler leaves. You find a way. Like you don't care. Like you say, "Fuck you, Ben." He's staying. Mm-hmm. Like, but with that, with that bounce, like that bounce, literally, I think that bounce was the end for this team and this and Joel and that core. Um, I think Brett was uh, the the easy scapegoat, like coaches usually are. You know, then you know, then it went to the GM because Brett was kind of the GM too, de facto GM with Elton. The whole Elton Brand thing is like you bring in a guy for a championship level team, and again, it's no fault to Elton, but he's, I don't, I, I, I could be wrong. I don't think he had any executive experience at that point, or maybe little. I mean, I'm sure he had some. Probably, I shouldn't say that, but he had the player. He had the players' respect. That's great, but I mean, look at a guy like Howie. You know, uh, again, just 
just two different things. Somebody yep. from the ground up, he learned the organization, what made it tick, just was a sponge probably the first few years, got kicked to the other side of the building, shut his mouth, bit his time, and, and got better. And now, again, I get it. Not every guy gets what Howie gets, you know, all that years to be whatever. But it just shows that couple things that we don't cultivate talent like the Eagles, like a team like the Eagles do, like from promoting guys from within. When is the last time you done anything from within to promote? Like, oh, we have a young hot shot. You know, this guy could be something. Right. Same with coaching. It's like when Brett Brown left, it wasn't because we had, I mean, we had, and again, I'm not trying to say whatever, but we had Monty Williams who was ready to go and basically was like, I want the job or fight or I'm out. And they said, okay. And again, Monty didn't win a championship with his son. I'm not saying to say he's the greatest thing in sliced bread, but again, he was a homegrown guy for four or five years, like knew the team, knew the guys. We passed on that for a guy with a checkered pass coming from a team that he just had a basic almost dream team for for years. Couldn't get it done. So we bring him in here with the championship or bust mentality to, a bu- to lead a bunch of guys who haven't won shit. And I understand the theory that you want to try to instill upon his like his coaching and his way of being a player to this team. But I just feel like this team is just like literally a microcosm of like our society. Now it's just like picking and choosing things that are going to go together instead of no actual team building and development. And then, you know, it's, and then I think the biggest failure it's, it's Joel. I mean, answer your question earlier. I don't think he's ever been healthy in the playoffs that I can remember. Maybe the Raptors series, but that he wasn't healthy then because he had mental health issues. Because then his brother get all, didn't his brother pass away or something that year? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's no way he was in the right place. I mean, it's I mean he was young, learning like that was kind of the beginning of the troll Joel a little bit. Kind of that was also that was also he could get away with being young and inexperienced. Well, because he had Jimmy right? Butler to kind of be Jim. Jimmy Butler gave was the shield, and I think to John's point. I'm not disappointed with James, but James came here to be Robin and Joel's not Batman, basically. Like James wants to play with like a needs like needs like a Tatum. He needs like a Giannis. Because that's when James is 25 and 11. That's what you want at a number two. Like he's not gonna give you 40 or 50, John. I don't think he'll ever put up put I I will make a bet he'll never put up 50 as a sixer. Oh. Maybe 40. Okay. Maybe. I, I I don't think he has it in him anymore. I just don't. Yeah. I think I think he I don't think he has the legs tight and you're anymore. You're like, oh shit, he put up 31 tonight. Like I think that's a big night for James. Yeah, I don't think he has the legs anymore. I I, I think it's too much work for him to get in the lane. He can take. But I think you're right though, Matt. Just be smart with it. Give me your 21, but maybe when you have four in the third quarter, we need 10 in a row out of you. Like that's what you've got to be smart with. Like six in a row. First. Just six. Pop off two threes. Yeah, hit a three like, and get an N one into the lane. Get like when we're stagnant. Like that's what. And I think like spark the off spark the offense. I think he's learning that when to be like, all right, I'll shoot for five minutes, guys. You guys just fucking rebound and play defense. He had but, no problem doing that in Houston. That's why I'm saying, like, where is that? Well, he didn't have we Joel, and I think this is still Joel's team. So that's why, and this isn't picking on Joe, Joe, because I do like him, but I think he's checked out as a sixer personally. I think the trade talk in the earlier season, he won't he won't come back from that. I, I really, really, really. Well, there you go. Mental that, toughness yet again. I, that's true. I think it's hundred percent what it, I think. I think he's McNabbing us right now. I think he's 
trying to fight. I think he's, and, and this is not, again, ragging on him. I think he's trying to fight through that. I don't think he has the ability to. I think he, I think all that trade stuff and with how emotional of a guy he is, like John, like you said, getting the fine for the, for the pelvic thrusts and just, you know, he gets teased at bad times in the game when we're down a point and, yeah, they missed the call, dude, but this is not the time to get technical, dude. Shut up and play defense. Like, well, he, he's in you know what? the wrong times. And, and, and this is year seven. This is like when you're eight. This is year seven, eight. Like, this is when KD became KD. Steph became Steph. And you're becoming like Stefan Marbury. Like, you're becoming the guy who, wow, he put up 38 tonight, but their team is 42 and 40. That's right. well, in my opinion, where we're headed with them. So, so. Not to kill anyone's thunder, but we're dogging Harden. He's got 28 right now in this game, and we're down a point. I said 31. With three and change to go. So, uh, I, you know, maybe we're putting something out in the universe here. I, 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 just, I don't know. Again, you know, it would be nice to win. If they win, it would make me start to think about maybe eating my words a little bit if they pulled this out. But I don't think any of us here have to eat any words, Bill. I think we've we deserve a championship run from this team. I deserve it. Yeah. I I just think that you said earlier, we watch enough basketball. And again, if we knew all who was going to win every game, we would be happy. It would be pretty rich because we'd probably, we we would probably break Vegas. But I will, but but to that same point though, we watch enough basketball and that's why like to John's point, you're right. There is no clear cut dominant team. Like I don't, I think the Celtics probably are the best team in the league. I would say, in my opinion, like I, I think, think Giannis's uh, wrist weighs in a lot on this but too. I, I I think when it comes down to it, it's just uh, we watch enough basketball. We watch these guys, and I, I I've seen no fire from how they play. Like I just don't see. You know what I mean? Like I just don't see it. Like this is a championship. Like nobody's like running over, dancing after big threes, chest bumping, talking shit to the other team. It's all just like Joel bitching or shaking his hand because he jammed his hand on a rebound, walking to the bench, going through the motions. At the crowd, just going through the motions. It doesn't feel very team like. No and, and this is where Doc comes in, and this is where I'm, this is where I will gladly shit on Doc. That I think he has this year has regressed to the worst part that he's been here with his lineups and his matchups. He. The fact that he has Max coming off the bench and Max has clearly stated this is fucking him up mentally coming off the bench. And Maxie is probably our brightest futures piece. What the fuck are we doing? Because they, because Danny Melton plays better defense than Tyrese Maxie. He's now our de facto starter. So we're going to fuck this kid up because we, because we trade for, because Daryl trades for a guy who play, who is a good defender. Like I'm not like Danny Melton can ball. He can defend. But we're gonna we're gonna potentially stunt the growth of Tyrese Maxey for to for for Danny fucking Melton to be our two guard like and 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 it, it, I don't know it just it just the fact that we don't play Paul Reed the fact that we bring in you know that we lobby to bring in Montrell Harrell and uh, we saw that once when that one tweet Dwayne he's Dunman. like the second worst rated center plus minus minutes in the NBA you know who the fucking worst is Desmond the guy we just fucking signed he, he just cut. They are literally the worst two plus minus centers in the NBA. And that's who we have backing up jo- Joel. And we don't give the minutes to Paul Reed yet because he's kind of a space cadet. And he does blow assignments on defense a little bit because he's a spaz. 
but he's the only fucking guy that plays with energy on defense. And when he's in the game, good things fucking happen. I'm not, I'm not trying to say he should play 40 minutes a game, not being an asshole. Well, wait, we, but five will play. Oh, wait. I thought I forgot. Yeah. We and, just and, traded and, him away. And, and that's my point exactly. yeah, we're going to pay him. That's the problem. Do you, do you, and you're right, John. And you can't, cause you got to pay too many guys because we got to pay Maxi. I think next year too. Um, I, 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 but this is my, this, this is the under, one of the underlining points I wanted to get to is what player has this team in the last 10 years since the fucking process happened with the exception of Joel, who I could argue either way with him. Um, have this has this team developed from a young player to like we've had how many top fucking ten picks the last ten years? We've had like fifteen plus top ten picks. I mean, and arguably, you could say Shake Shake Milton. I'm not trying to say that everyone's going to turn into Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. I'm not even going there. But look at our team, dude. You just said it. Where's our? We don't have we sh- with the amount of picks we had. We should have at least three or four guys that are contributors that like are really good pieces. Our team is, I mean, look at the, we're entirely free agents. We do like, look at all the teams that win. Boston drafted their core guys. Milwaukee drafted their core guys. Warrior drafted their core guys. The Suns drafted their core. Do you see a fucking trend here? NFL, Howie drafted his, like I decided to put it in there. (laughs) But like, there's there's a simple trend. You draft good players and then you fill them in with free agents for the holds you need, you know, and maybe you get lucky and, and you can trade for a James Harden or whatever. Yeah, but, but to your point, they had years of draft picks that they either played around with or made bad decisions or the players just didn't work out or no one, hard. no one could have predicted Markel faults to forget. Yeah, but I'll, shoot I'll, a basket. Yeah, you know why, you know why that could happen, Matt? Because Markel had that had, one of the wor- Danny, you can read about it. Google it. Markel had one of the worst fucking tryouts for Boston pre-draft. Where he started shooting all funky, funky like he did, and Danny Age was like, "I'm out. I'm out." <laughs> I can just see. I can see Danny that's Age's literally face. What happened. Why do you do you really think Boston would trade us the number one pick for Markel Fultz if fucking Danny Ainge thought Markel was the guy? Like, why would Boston? Danny Ainge is like the Howie Roseman of the NBA. Like. Again, I'm I'm I'm, I'm popping. Yeah, it's like Beetlejuice. Wow. He's going to show wow. up. He's going to show up in one of the squares here. Howie has going to. Howie, I'm going right to. I'm going to get a phone. House, I'm going to get a phone call to call Howie Rose. I mean, calling in. I mean, I mean, but just like step your head away from this. Why would your division rival who hates you trade you the fucking number one pick? Like oh. Brian Colangelo and Jerry Colangelo killed this franchise. Like, <laughs> you think those guys in their war room, Danny Ainge was like, watch this, guys. Just watch this. They got, our, love they this. got our top five pick, the Lakers protected pick the next year, and they got Jason Tatum like they wanted. Like, but it's so I, I think it goes before that, though, Bill. I know you're right, but I'm just saying that was kind of, I think, the final just, like, nut shot. Like, you give Danny Ainge an extra first-round pick, which he took Jalen Brown with the next year. Let's just be clear. So we handed him Jalen Brown the next year. And he got Jason Tatum like he wanted. Mm-hmm. And he fucked up by, he knew he gave us the head case and Mark Helfold. And supposedly I read too, I want to find the article again, that he had a tryout that was horrible for us, but they just, they just said it was, oh, he was jet lagged and was tired and shit. Because mm-hmm. he pulled that shit in our like pre-draft shit too, with the shot being funky. And then we still picked this kid? Like, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's just one of those things that this franchise is just, uh, 
I'm sorry. It's, it's just- All right. Well, let's lift it back up a little bit. Let's 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 turn our attention to a oh. uh, a shining star in the Sixers franchise right now. Mac McClung, basically. Sixers up the- one point thirty eight seconds left. Sorry. Basically, oh, you're behind. The- John. You're behind. Oh, fuck. He basically brought the yeah Sixers priority lost. We're you know. That's the that's the problem with uh, sh- streaming television. No, shout out! Shout oh, out to oh boy! No, boom! Did we win or lose? No. no. Did no. they win or lose? We it's, I have, have twenty three seconds left. Yeah. one hundred eight, one hundred five, Philly. Yeah, we're up three with sixteen seconds. Okay. okay. The All right. So, so did 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 Big Mac last week? Uh, bring the dunk contest back from the dead. 100%. Because last year we were ready to like, just be done with the dunk contest. Say just do away with it for like three years and then bring it back because it's just, we are like, it's run its course. No, it no, lacked I originality. They, I think they did what you mentioned years ago was that they actually brought in people that can dunk regardless of where they are, of where they come from. And that's exactly what they needed to do. Like if they would have brought in guys from, you know, and one or whatever, you know, street ball league, that it might be the smartest points. thing silver's done since he's become the, well, here's, here's my only question about this whole deal. He signed the two way contract like days before the all-star game. Otherwise yes. he would have not been in the, All-Star. he was, I thought it was great. <clears throat> if you watch the rising stars game the day before he was wearing a blue coats Jersey. And then when he was in the dunk contest, he wore a Philadelphia 76ers jersey. So you saw the transition happen, mm-hmm. like literally overnight. And mm-hmm. he made his year's salary in with four dunks, right? which I think is crazy. Puma signs this kid to a sneaker contract. It's just insane. I, I think he did two things. I think he 100% brought the juice back to the dunk contest. And I think he also helped the Sixers organization get get some juice. I, I think that that is. I mean, he rang the bell tonight. I mean, yeah, he's he's on the bench with them. Yeah. I mean, he's not obviously yeah. he's not playing, but you know, he has brought some sort of energy because again, we haven't had a dunk contest champion ever. It's the first ever since I think uh, Doc, um, Doctor J. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, that in itself is Dr. J was still in the ABA when he won, I think a a great feat, but you know, talk about a team who doesn't have juice right now. You know, it's them. (laughs) It's the Sixers. But you know, I guess if you want to look at the glass half empty, you could, you could, you could make a case that the only thing the Sixers have going for them right now is a, uh, a no-name kid who just won the dunk contest. Other than that, we've yeah. got nothing going for us. One hundred percent. It's so it's, the, it's, it's the second half of the season, eh. making to the playoffs type thing. Now I don't well, think they survived one hundred percent, John. I think it brought the pulse back. I think next year, what they do to follow this up is the key. I think if like he goes back and does it, and, and then I think what they need for it to be exciting is they need somebody to challenge this kid, like another dude to come up at his. Was an NBA guy, G League guy? Well, they're all calling for John Morant. He's not going to do it. And and I will say this. It's odd that he signed the two-way contract and was put in right away. 
that seemed odd to me. It seemed like a marketing stunt by the NBA. (laughs) You know, like, so what I will say, though, is thinking about the talent in the G League, why not start to bring some G League guys in to challenge for the three-point contest or challenge in it? Like, let's not not bring in G League guys into the All-Star game, especially if there's issues with the All-Star game. And we could talk about that, too. But, you know, let's make it more competitive. Okay, let's have the G Leaguers play the regular NBA guys and let's make it for, you know, something, some bragging rights or something, you know, could be interesting. I don't know. Or, or make it for a two-way contract. Yeah. The MVP of the game. Right. Two-way contract. Yeah. Whether they sniff the court or not, you know. I'm very happy for Mac McClung. I, I hope that I hope that he gets a shot. I don't think he will, but I hope he does. Um, but it was really great to see, like. He's a two-guard. Where's he going to Is he going to play over Tyrese, Danny Melton, Jake Milton? No. No, he's just not. I mean. No, but the. My, but if he can, if we can blow a team out by twenty points, I'd yeah, that's when he'll get in, and he'll do a dunk, and his face will go nuts, and that's what they want. They want to, like you know, and but it's a marketing ploy. Yeah, it is, and, and and he'll sell jerseys. There'll be there'll be a bunch of dudes wearing clumsy jerseys. You'll see those popping up if they haven't already. Yet more, yeah. yet more smoke already, and already mirrors. Already ordered five, Bill. Jeez, and that's cool. Like yeah, I, you know, so, you know, and like that's the cool part of being, being a fan. I'm not trying to be a total fucking uh, cranky pants, you know, but it's. You know, I, I guess I just, when it comes to the Sixers, I mean, I, I appreciate good stories too, but this kid's, you know, just reality, it's, he's buried on a depth chart. And I mean, let alone, I mean, Doc doesn't, you know, because he, he, you said earlier, he doesn't trust Jaden Springer because he can't hit three pointers and he's going to let this kid come in, you know, when we're down five against Milwaukee. Like, no, like we're up 27 against the Thunder. All right, go nuts, kid. Dunk it or two for, for, for the box. And he wants to see something for the website. Go. It's like, and that's what it's going to be. But for the kid, he'll make some money um, when he gets called up, and good for him. You know, because you get you get paid solid when you get called up. But and maybe next year, going into the next season, maybe he's somebody that can you know that can be here. Because honestly, dude, it wouldn't shock me if he's not here. I, I think he's going to get signed by another team. I think so. Another team's going to give him like give him like like a, like a full NBA contract because we're not going to be able to do that to him next year. I just, I mean, unless somehow he gets minutes in a game, but he's averaging eighteen points. This is G League. No, I watched by the him way. Georgia. He's, he's, a- he's averaging 18 points. He's shooting 56.2% in the G League. You know, this kid kind of plays like, but he's a better shooter and he doesn't have the same kind of handle, but he has the same kind of like hop to his game. He's like Jason Williams, but a better shooter. Yeah. He has that kind of just energy when he plays. He he's totally like, reminds me of Jason. He's always like bopping around. Like he's always out there. If it, because I remember him at Georgetown, he goes in and he tries to put back, like put back dunks on misses and shit. Like, the, like, this kid's, like, he plays pretty fearless. Like, he would be a crowd favorite in this city. Like, he could be, a, like, and you never, you know. But, no, I agree. I, I just feel like we don't bring up young talent and, like, cultivate it. Every, I mean, look at it. Our, yeah. our entire starting five minus Joel were free agents. You know what I want to see? I want to see Joel maybe punch somebody in the face. No. John, That's what I want to say. He doesn't stand on his feet he long enough to punch somebody. I know, but I'm watching this tussle. I'm like, I just want to see him just punch the guy in the face. Like, actually, get, get suspended for five games, take a vacation, and just wallop some guy. Like, give me, show me something. You know, no, you, you got a little bit of ice in the I mean, bit. these guys are all basically LJ Alonzo, Alonzo morning fights. They're all talking shit, jumping backwards, swinging, 
Like, these guys are brands. They're not ballplayers. They're, you know, it, it's unfortunate. That's a, perfect, that's a perfect segue into the next into the next topic is, you know, the NBA, is it on a decline and why? And when I was asked this question earlier for the, to be the topic, the number one thing that popped in my head was players putting their brands first before anything else. And I think it's, it's starting to erode the league. And we're you, seeing I want it. you to elaborate on that, though. What, give me an example of that. Uh, I'll give you an example of that. Give me an example of a player. Right I'll give you, player. John, you, said it, you said it earlier. Um, John Morant won't do a dunk contest. Why? Because he can't take the fact of losing to Matt McClunchy in a dunk contest. His brand couldn't handle losing a dunk contest. Same reason LeBron didn't want to do it all them years. I'll give you. I got one, too. Yeah, Go that, ahead, Bill, when you're done. Kevin Durant, the Kevin Durant story, couldn't get it done in Oklahoma City, right? He probably thought he would never be able to get it done on his own. It's going to affect his brand. What does he do? He demands a trade to Golden State Warriors, compiles a super team. It was a sure deal. He wins two chips, right? His brand is rejuvenated. Kevin Durant is now looked at as one of the greats again because he got his coveted rings, which everyone that uh, can agree that that is one of the key factors in when you're talking about NBA legacies, rings are a factor. Mm -hmm. So, so Kevin Durant was a free agent from the thunder and decided to sign with the warriors, which, okay. He's a free agent. Regardless, he traded or free agent. He decided to join. He could have decided to stay with the thunder and be like, I want to do it here. Like Giannis did. I decided Giannis became free agent. He decided to stay. He wanted to do it in Milwaukee. He wanted to build something there, and he did it. But Durant cho- probably realized it wasn't going to happen there. Not to mention, not to mention, Kevin Durant and Westbrook blew a three-two lead in the conference finals to that same Warriors to the Warriors team. They lost that series in seven, and that very next year, he joined the team that came back and beat them in seven. That's but, just. Oof. But doesn't this start to tend to LeBron bring James up, same bring thing. up a conversation as less around brands of people and more about business decisions as far well, as I mean, your, your, your brand I, is a bit, your it, brand it, it is does. a business though, John, like your sure. brand is a business. I, I don't disagree with you, but just as the Philadelphia 76ers want to send, want to sell more tickets and have Mac McGlum do a, do a, a, a slam dunk contest. What's the difference between a team trying to do that to up their revenue and a guy saying, hey, I want to go play for them because I have a better chance of winning a a championship? Well, I mean, listen, organizations, teams, I don't think are excluded from this conversation either. And I think we we prove that in the what was wrong with the Philadelphia 76ers is it contributes to the whole thing we're talking about. The Sixers cared more about their brand than winning championships. They were like, hey, we've got at least one. We got lucky. We got two superstars in here. We're putting butts in the seats. We're winning 50 games uh, uh, a season. That's enough to secure, you know, season ticket holders. Keeping the keeping the arena filled, keeping people engaged, interested. 
They're printing their money. They're going to build their arena. Yeah, I I mean, that's securing their brand. I, I, like we said, instead, they could worry more about developing their talent from, from within, like teams that win ultimately win championships in the long run do. But no, they decided to secure their brand and their image first. So I don't know. I think that that's, that's part of the problem here. Uh, but I, but I think that for as much as we, when we talk like we're old heads and think about the 90, <laughs> the nineties basketball, the greatest era in NBA basketball. History? Michael, yeah. Yeah. Michael, what about it? Michael Jordan. Um, and then subsequently I would, I would argue LeBron James, or even Kobe is in that category, but LeBron James from a brand's perspective, mm-hmm. Co- Michael Jordan created what we all hate now, right? He created the, the did. image of, of a brand and what you can do as a individual in basketball, right? He created that. So now we but have, he never five. put his brand first though. He yeah. never put his brand first. And he knew that, the ultimate way to secure his brand. This is why we're still talking about Michael Jordan almost 30 years after he retired mm-hmm. is because he secured his brand and his legacy by winning. His brand was winning, but that's Jordan brand is champion. His brand was winning. But John, you're hundred percent right. John hundred percent. He, he created it. The NBA, but he also created the model to destroy it. Like, sure. where he, like it's the same thing. It's like, he built it. Like Larry and Magic in the '80s got. I mean, LG, I mean, get me wrong. I, I, I don't mean disrespect to the guys in the '60s and '70s that grinded it out. Yeah, it's just different uh, era, it's different, different time. Stuff. I mean, you know, the NBA was still a newer league, and you know, they, they, you know, they put on a great product. All those guys, um, Pistol Pete, you know, George, Will, Will and, and, and yeah, and then, then then came Magic and Bird, and they kind of propelled it. And then on that, when they were on the downturn, except in the Pistons and they were just not going to be accepted by like the masses. They had their little cult, like wrestling following a little bit, kind of like, you know, the bad boys, bad boys. Um, but, but the one constant was then. And I think why, even, even though I despise the Pistons, I like at the same time, love to watch them like hold highlights and respect them because I, and this is where for me, the NBA I guess I'm I'm totally going to go on my old man purist rant now and I'll be succinct with it is the level of play, the teams like the Pistons and the Celtics and the Magic, the Bulls was they played basketball, team basketball that you watched. Like they knew they played the game. And again, I know that was a little bit of start of the, you know, the help that little bit of ISO ball. I mean, the triangle offense is, you know, kind of that to an extent, trying to find mismatches, whatever. But, like, the game was played, like, watching the game now, I feel like there's very few possessions that are, like, you know, again, not to be whatever, you know, not to, like, be nitpicky, and I'm not going to get too specific, but, like, when do you guys see, like, backdoor screens? Like, when do you see guys, like, like actually, like, do double, like, and – it's literally one guy playing ISO ball, one screen set, and then they dribble down, and then somebody shoots a three. 
And, and, and again, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's better games than others. And maybe I missed some of them. You know, it's not fair because I have, have watched less of the game. But part of it is I would watch. Like, I would be excited to watch the Nuggets play the Kings. Like, two good teams. But, um, Bill, don't you think that, that the reason why all those things you're bringing up, it's rather, it's rather not the blame on the players. It's more of coaching. I mean, look at the NCAA, right? We love watching NCAA because it's team basketball, right? Well, why is it that when team basketball is fine in the NCAA, but when you get to the NBA, it's not okay? Is it because players are like, no, I'm not going to play this way? If the, or is it coaches saying, not being able to say, no, this is you know the Phil Jackson. No, we're running the triangle. I know you're not going to like this. Everyone was hesitant towards it, but this is how we're going to do it. And, and this, is, this is how we're going to run and say, piss off if you don't like it. Whereas, you know, today it's look at AAU basketball, look at um, the breeding ground, high school, American McDonald's, all Americans, ESPN, uh, putting Sierra Canyon on TV with, you know, Camden high and, and all this stuff to sort of uh, get, get to your guys point brand, brand names. um, What like they did with LeBron and sports illustrated and ESPN and get them into the funnel to sort of create this, you know, uh, solar system around these guys. I mean, team basketball is, is dead uh, probably after the championships. Well, I mean, no, I would argue the warriors play pretty good team basketball. Yes. Yeah. No. And, and Johnny hit on the nail on the head. Like, and that's why like, it's, I also think the Celtics play pretty good team basketball too. They, they, they are in that realm, Matt. I, I don't think they're totally there because the way Tatum plays, and that's one of the that was like his his thing. That he's, like he's an ISO kind of ball player. Well, he's the playmaker, but I feel like they have they have that they have that they play fundamental basketball well. So yeah. that's one thing the fun to watch. Like they box out. They switch on defense. Like Tatum's their best. Everyone player. has a role, and they yeah, know like what that role is, and they it. don't stray from it. It's you know? not like Tatum. And Tatum talk. knows when to back off. Yeah. Like when, I, you know, when, when, when someone's feeling it and someone else is hot, I feel like he's like, okay, let me try to create for this person. When, whereas like, it's not to what you guys are saying. It's not, it's not like that on every team. Look at Memphis right now. Right. I mean, team, that's a team basketball. Yeah. 100%. Good coach. Yeah. Uh, drafted. Well, yeah. Uh, super one superstar. Yeah, you know other B level guys being all, uh, all drafted and grew together and played together right. and like that matters. Like and, and and I get that's a sixer disadvantage when you bring in guy when when you basically put th- two two new three. Well, I guess it's three new star two new starters rather. Uh, and James only been here half a year, so we have three out of the five new starters having even played together for fifty games. Like. How's that going to win a championship? Like, please. Sixers, Sixers edge out a five point win. Maybe this is, hey, maybe this is the the spark. Maybe we put it out in the universe. Because no, I don't. Because, and because it, it's a regular season game, and, and I'm happy. <laughs> we'll that mark they, this episode. What's that? <laughs> One twenty four. Same thing. It's like the same thing. You know that. You know, fortunately, you know the team that plays in the link had a face. Oh, well, who did they play all year? And not that that matters. But when they had to, they showed up. Came a little short. Whatever. But it's. The same thing with the Sixers. It's like I've seen this team. I've seen Doc Rivers lead this team to 55 wins, three, four. This is his fourth year in a row doing that. Great. That's a good feat. That's a good feat 
for a young team that like the Kings maybe to be excited about. We're in year four, in year four, having a championship coach, having two max players on this team, three max players to the Toby, my bad, everybody else. And it's like, do that in game six or game seven against the Celtics. And I'm happy or fucking hell. win like, just no, like I no, finish a series in five games. Can we do that? I, I, I just can't like, like, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to start rambling. You went, back, right. went back to the Sixers, but that's all right. That's all right. Well, no, I mean, we're talking about part of the decline of the league and, but it, you know, we, it's relevant to us with the Sixers, right? Sure. I, but, but I mean, like the thing that I will argue about the NBA is they're, I understand where you guys are coming from. I get it. I get that brand individuals are more concerned about their brand. Maybe they're not though. I don't know. We're not, we don't have all the answers. We, we do. We're four for pockets. Oh, we do. I'm very confident. Look at a team like Memphis, right? Memphis to me is that, is that Detroit piston type that hungry team, team. They're hungry. That is homegrown is coached well, is a sleeper, has a superstar that puts butts in seats, that is a brand, right? Because let's face it, John Moran is probably the one of the top three guys in the league that people are excited about, right? Yeah. Right now. Not, he's, exciting not to, about, he's exciting to watch. Yeah. He's an exciting he's a he's an in-game dunker. He's had he's still a little nice raw, games. but he's yeah. he's raw, but he's young. And he's but he's exciting. He yeah, a team he, like a team like Phoenix also. I know. Granted, take away Kevin Durant for now. I, I mean, there. I, I think they got to be. I mean, I think they got to be the favorite. The Celtics. I think. I, I. I mean, I think they're on a destination with KD. If but again, still, look wow. at a team like that for how many years? How bad they have been? What did they do? They drafted Devin Booker. They drafted Aiton. They had Mikael Bridges. They, they used him to get Kevin Durant. Durant so they, they had used a, an asset to get Kevin Durant and Mikael Bridges. They had a good coach. Yep. They have a good coach. Yeah. So, again, you kind and of they brought in a veteran and Chris Paul, a guy to just help calm the young guys. Yep. You know, You've and that's our James Harden. But where, but Joel Embiid is like you said, if he's not our best player night in and night out, we're not going to win. And I think with Joel, it's not. I think in the in the regular season, we can hide it a little bit with the load management, or he misses a week or so. The playoffs, we see it. It's like. He can't play every other day. He physically can't handle it. Like that's just the bottom line. It's, it's not like they don't talk about it, but it's, it's not a secret recipe. Joel's just not able to play every other night, and then and then in the NBA playoffs, you've got to play every other night for about ten weeks, and he can't do that. And you have to bring it four weeks, and then that's it. And it's like, dude, you got to be able to. It's two. I mean, the NBA playoffs are like I think about two months, so it's like you've got to play like twenty five games. Every, in, in, in 60 days. Bill, I think you've said it in the past, though, that the NBA, like, it's less about, they're less basketball players and more just really insane athletes. Yes. Oh, 100%. And they're, and they're playing for the highlight reel. Yeah. They're, yeah. No, I mean, it's literally, it's that space, it's that space and place mentality. Shoot threes, and then on long rebounds, you create a transition place. And, and again, run and dunk. talk about a little bit of the decline and where you can sort of see it happening in the NBA. There's a guy who gets drafted right from a team. If he can score 40 points or 50 points, one game throughout the season, it gets people start thinking, man, this guy is worth a max contract. And then we talk about this in the NBA all the time. 
guaranteed contracts. Another Buyouts. another big problem in the NBA. Huge a guy problem. like a guy like um, I'm trying to remember one of the guys in the big free agent market that signed like like a Brandon Ingram was like making a hundred million, like got a max deal for a hundred million. They just Lonzo Ball just got eighty million, right? He's not going to play for. They don't even know what's wrong with his knee. Bad yeah. example, but he might be out of the league in two years. But BC level guys that teams were like, well, if we don't give a contract, they're going to walk and we get nothing and we have Are you value. Harris to buy it. Well, yeah, little little different, but yes, yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a catch twenty two. If you're a team, though, what do you do? You get a high draft pick. Maybe he pans out. You got to give him the max deal. Doesn't pan out, or you're not sure about paying him. You off him. You try to get uh, uh, trade trade value back for him, and then you go through the process again. And I think that's part of what um, the decline aspect of the NBA is now, whereas these guys are getting bought out. They're saying, I don't want to – Kevin Love, I don't want to be a bench player on Cleveland anymore, I guess. I want to go play for Miami. I'm like, why do you want to do that? You have a younger team in C- Cleveland Cavaliers, and you're going to get bought out and go to Miami who – what have they done? Not for nothing. Yeah, they went to the finals a couple of years ago, but okay. Like, wouldn't you want to go to a a, a Nuggets, uh, a Boston type type place? Like, it, it's 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 amazing to me how these guys sort of weasel their way out of their contract or the commitment and are able to take their brand right to another place to help them. And I and I think that's something that the NBA really has to look at and kind of put the. The kibosh on it. And that's kind of what I was part of my point earlier point is putting the brand first. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. But hey, I, I mean, yeah, no, I, just, I mean, I there's many know. layers of this onion that we can keep peeling back all day long. I just don't know if you're going to see a guy like John Morant stick around in Memphis. Well, most uh, guys in the NBA, I think you got to accept, um, is you get four years if you're a first-round pick. There's no fifth-year option like the NFL. But almost every guy is going to sign the max extension because you get literally that's the why they do it for the Memphises of the world and Detroit's because you literally can make between 30 and $40 million more. And I know you, people say, oh, what's the difference between 35 and $42 million a year? A lot of fucking money. That's $7 million. Like, people aren't – I mean – like, so in the NBA to that point, unless it's like a really bad situation, like if you're a top 20 NBA player, I feel like nine out of 10 times you sign at least one extension that one time. And then when you're in your late, because be then think about it, then you're 28, 29, when that contract's done, you're worth $200 million. Mm-hmm. And if you're not winning and you're always been a Lakers fan, I want to go play for the Lakers now. And you're John Brandt. So that's what yeah. like, I mean, that's, you know, I, I think that's basically the NBA model is you get paid eight years from the team that drafts you if it's a good organization and they're not like a shit show. And then after that, if you don't love it there, then you go to you know the Heat because you want to be in South Beach or you go yeah. to the Knicks because you, you want to be York. You become Russell Westbrook, Paul George. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking at a – James, you become well, all guys. Well, LeBron, LeBron's in a different he's, stratosphere. But he like is, he is. He's, Paul George is the type of guy where – was was played well in, in Indiana, had a good run there, and then has bounced around to all different teams. And he makes an average salary, a base salary here of forty two million dollars. Yeah, no, and yeah, like, you're right. I mean, he's, he's never won, never not, won anything. Right, guys that are trying to chase rings, but also be 
in areas they want to be in, like the geographically. And that's their choice. Like I'm not hating on anybody's choice, but it, it just as a fan, it goes to a. I think you know it. You know, we you know I don't want to make it too long, and maybe we take for another episode, um, NBA podcast episode, um, volume at, two at, of twenty. At <laughs> at what point, like, do we really realize? Is I root for the jersey, not the guy wearing the jersey, and yeah. and it's and it's hard. It's hard to like get for me for me to get behind a team when I know like. You know, is he going to be here more than two or three years? It's hard yeah. to emotionally yep. invest into a guy, whether we draft him or not. It's easier if we draft him like Maxie's our baby boy. It's a great point. Um, but like, you know, I like James. Like, I'm so excited to have him, but I'm every day I'm nervous because it's like, what's today? What is today? Like, you know what? Fuck it. I want out. Mm-hmm. And the reality yeah. is, like, if we don't go to the conference finals or finals, I'm telling you right now, he ain't coming back. Well, and it's also so that we, whole. Like now we lose James Harden, and yeah. they're going to sell us on. Oh, don't worry, Maxie's ready to be the guy. And it's like, yeah, I think he could be a guy, like be a twenty-eight game guy. But he, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, I don't know. It, it just, I'm, I, I, I feel like, you know, I'm just on eggshells with this team all the time because it's just so. There's no, I feel like structure in the organization. Like it's like literally night and day from the Eagles. Well, and it's also it's just so crazy when you really look at it. Yeah. It's also, it's also the mentality of, I want to, I want to win with this guy as opposed to, I want to, I want to, I want to win by beating this like guy. Like McDaniel, you know, tend to be controversial, but it really bothers me having a roof for this kid. But yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, and I'm not picking like this him out, but it's just like, it's a culmination. Like it was hard for me to root for De- Dwight Howard. It was hard. I, I'm not Dwight Howard guy. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the greatest players, one of the greatest centers, you know, he's arguably super underrated. I, a guy respect his game. I think he's a fucking knucklehead. And I hate how he played basketball personally, like how he played it lately with all the, whatever. But just point of that is it's like this team continuously puts guys out there that I'm supposed to root for that are renter players like even Drummond, like he was a good player, but I hated that guy. Him and Joel hated each other. And you bring him in, and I get it, he's a good ball player. Him and Doctor friends, but like him and Joel never high five. Like, like speaking of speaking of players that hated each other, speaking of speaking of players that hated each other, how about uh, Bev and and Westbrook? Look like they're they uh, kind of patched yeah. it all up. They're like best of friends now. Not anymore. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Yeah, not anymore. Not Watching him go to the Clippers, and then didn't Beverly sign with the Bulls now? Yeah, but Beverly, like, like, I just read an article saying that like the first person who texted Beverly when he went to the Bulls was Russ, saying like, like you're right. gonna love it there, man. You're gonna love it. It's gonna be good. And then like he asked Beverly about like advice, like playing in for the Clippers because you know he played there for a while, and they both gave each other like good advice, good insight. And these are two guys that legit hated each other. Uh, look at the Lakers are like the epitome of like what to not do as a franchise, yeah. right? Like they bring in guys off the like they bring guys in the offseason in. Jerry Buss is probably just rolling over in his grave. Oh, this is great. We got Russell Westbrook, a team with Anthony Davis. This we got Patrick Beverly. Boom, and then before the trade deadline, LeBron the and season, friends. It's LeBron and friends. Everybody leaves, and they go. Oh, we'll get John. We'll get uh um, Hachimura um, will pick up a couple of these other no-name guys and 
Here you go, LeBron. Here's the second half of the season for you. Oh, I will bring back D'Angelo Russell because we 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 rode him out of town. We're going to bring him back now. Another guy who makes an average of like what 25, 30 million a year. And you're like, uh, why are you why are you doing this? Like, I I don't get that whatsoever. Like Rob Polinka, like like get that guy. Have him be an agent again or something. That is not, get this guy out of here. Yeah, I, I, I just it, it's it's remarkable to me. You know, D'Angelo Russell making thirty one million base salary. Like man, I, yep. some of these guys in this list, you're like, oh Porzingis, he's making thirty three million a year. Miles Turner, thirty four. Our best friend Ben Simmons, thirty five million dollars a year, having more fouls in a game than points. Hey man. Shout out to their agent, Robin, <laughs> Robin, the NBA. And then that I wish Jesse was here because he would he would go off on that. But that's these NBA guaranteed contracts are, I think, part of the reason Just why this, this is declining. You yeah. know, a guy like Ben Simmons hasn't done anything, anything in the NBA to deserve thirty five million dollars a year. Yeah. I mean, we would agree, right? Absolutely. I, you got Absolutely. you got a guy like Kyrie Irving making thirty six million dollars a year. The guy doesn't even want to play. He doesn't even want to play. He takes off in games when he feels like it. Like right. That's, that's crazy. That hurdle. He wanted to like guarantee he'd only wanted to play between like fifty five and sixty games a season, and he would decide when he didn't want to play. And like, and he still wanted forty five million to max a year. And that, like, it's like thank God. Like thank you. I I. I like I'm so happy to see teams like the Nets say, you know what? I'd rather play Spencer Dinwiddie, yep. Cam Thomas, our youngins, yep. and be a mediocre team than to be hostage anymore to that crap. Like, mm-hmm. good for them. Like, you know, you move back to New Jersey, and you'll probably be a much better franchise, Brooklyn. Like, you, you, I don't know why you left here. You went to two finals, and then you moved. Like, okay, oh. great idea, anywho. But I can uh, only be so happy for them. They're in our division, so. Yeah, well, I'm happy because they got Ben Simmons, and he's literally. I just read a thing about how like he uh, um, he has career lows and everything, and like now basically like Jock Vaughn, the coach, is just like he's done. Like he hasn't he hasn't worked hard to get earned minutes, and yeah, like he's that guy's not playing. That guy's not playing any games. It's insane, and and it's, it, I'm not happy like to see him. Fit. I'm just I'm just when he went there it was just so. Astonishing to see the national media do the typical Philly unsensitive. How dare they pick on a guy with mental health? He'll have the right help in this. And it's just like, you he's know, gonna, Bill, he's going to make close to $80 million in the next two seasons, whether he shoots a jump shot or not. And mm-hmm. that I think guys is the problem with the NBA. He made a mm-hmm. hundred and he got a max deal. And one of the four years actually semi earned it. Right, because that first year he was still an all-star player when he got it. Like he was an all-star that three years. Rookie year. of the year, rookie of the year. And and these teams, these organizations, have to say to themselves, okay, we'll take we Ben Simmons. We think Ben, we'll take Ben Simmons on our roster because we think he's worth X amount of dollars and in, in value to our team. And then you take him on, and he refuses to do things or just doesn't do things. Yeah. How can you? How does that work in any other part of society? I, and, other and than sports, right, John? <laughs> and 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 I know you're not comparing us to them because I made this argument before, and I think I may have brought it up before. Um, I'm sorry, either way. Um, 
Like, I get it when you're entertaining or entertaining the business or a very, you know, specific kind of industry. Yes, there's gonna they're gonna be treated differently, and that's how our society's set up. They are kind of elevated to this next stratosphere of stature, which I'm okay with. Like, you know, but it, it but it's like it's one thing to for these guys to be millionaires, which they deserve to be. They sacrifice holidays, they travel, you know, they don't they can't have a normal life really. They for, sacrifice so, their bodies. So yeah, yeah like I, I get it. Like they like their entertainment, we all tune in. But the fact now that these guys literally are getting contracts for quarter of a billion dollars near to play basketball. And like you said, like I'm okay maybe if LeBron got that and KD got that and Steph, like a handful of guys, like, all right, this maybe five or six, seven guys that really can get that Mac. The fact that basically one player per team gets that guaranteed. And it's just like, because you got to have a max guy in your contract unless you're rebuilding. Yeah, unless you're know. the Kings. Yeah, like, like you know, unless <laughs> yeah. you're whatever. But like, it's just so off putting. And the fact that now more and more, you know, I got to pay 30 bucks to park, I got to pay $28 for chicken fingers. And I get it, it's the experience. I get to see world class athletes. And I do understand you got to need to pay. A little extra yeah. I get it to an extent, like, though. I get it, it to an extent. Out of it because, you know, guess what? You know, it's their salary has gone up crazy the last 10 years in our zone. And I get it. We're not saying them. But it's just it's just those little things in all sports. Not just, NBA is just a little prevalent as well just because of the, the guaranteed contracts we see more. It's just those little things just eat the fucking way at me. And it's just – Well, here's – I get it to an extent. And here's the thing that eats, eats me up to some of the – points you're making bill is these guys are making a quarter of a billion dollars in contract money. I'd be okay with that. If the, the quality of the product they're putting out there for me to watch is lives up to that. Lives up to that. What do you do to a guy like, but for me to, but for me to park $30 for me to buy a beer, $14, for me to buy a hot dog, $9, and to sit there and just watch guys dribble down the court, chuck up a three, grab grab a rebound, go down the other end, chuck up a three, and back and forth? Yeah. What the, what the hell is that? I'll take you one mm-hmm. further on that, and I'll be quick with this, is mix in, because I've read articles about this, not recently, but over the last few years, about how the NBA should be ashamed because when – uh, a dad maybe and again it doesn't have to be a dad it could be a, a fat whatever people save money any kind of money to go to a game and they want to see lebron and oh this is lebron's love no management night not playing mm-hmm. this is katie oh my foot so i'm not playing yeah like that matter well, the load the I'm load management thing is definitely i'm not paying to see fucking dennis schroeder okay definitely a big no. topic and i feel like so i heard someone the other day bring it up and i i, I, I agree with this theory is uh the load management thing is a valid thing, I guess. You know, they, they can prove it. I mean, injuries are on an all-time high for players in the NBA because the, the evolution of the game, it's faster. It's, it's you know, more cutting, more fast breaks, more transition. But, 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 at the, but, but load management, all right, manage the load. But do it when, at home where – the ratio of the games that your home team can see your superstars is much greater than a guy, a kid, you know, 
waiting for LeBron James to come to Memphis. You know, he, he only go, comes there three times a year, two times a year, and both times he's out on load management. So, mm-hmm. like, sit him in L.A., right. you know? Or make a bigger roster, have a bigger roster where you don't need as much load management. Or do six or, or, or cut the games, cut cut the games down to 62 games or something. But then you talk, but then then it becomes a money thing, right, John? Then then the TV contracts are going to be like, well, 62 games, they're going to do the math on how many, how many ads aren't being shown, you know? So it's, I just want to bring up another contract real quick because I think this is interesting. Yeah. Bradley Beal. Oh, God. We, we would argue that Bradley Beal is probably a pretty good NBA basketball he ball. player. Right? Yeah, he could ball. He hasn't really done much in his career, though, right? He hasn't no. left Washington. He's like a PG-13 okay. type dude. Making $43 million guaranteed this year, 46 next year, 50 in 24-25, and then 53 – in 25, 26, and then has a player option in 26, 27 for a guaranteed $57 million. And he's never won a playoff series leading that team in, to win a playoff series. No, no, at that point, he's not going to have no, any ankles. <laughs> it, and, and again, like, is this a point where these guys are getting into buyouts? Like, is he going to get to, you know, 24, 25 or next year and go, you know what? I'm, I have X amount of money left on my contract, you're going to buy me out. I don't know what team, I don't know how buyouts work, but I don't know if you can buy out a guy who's about to make 190 million, the rest of his contract. Like, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Like that to me is you look at this and you think brand, you brought it up, Matt. And, and I think it, I think it's a valid point. Now I, I've talked myself into it. So thank you for, for swaying my opinion. But when you start to look at the contracts of these players, you start to look at, what they wanted. So now you get the money. Now you want the rings and the fame and everything else. So yeah, of course, if I'm Bradley Beal, I want to work my way to LA or I want to work my way to the Warriors or work my way to Phoenix because I have two, a guaranteed at signing $251 million. What more do I need? What more do I need? Yep. I need championships, yep. right? Cause I'm not going to get another $251 million contract at age 33. It's, it's, it's nope. it's fascinating. It's fascinating, and I, I don't know how you bring a, a unless you lower the signing long term as like maybe you can only sign two and three year deals. But then that goes back to Bill's point: like, how can you root for the Sixers if every two years you have an influx of new guys that you don't even know, and you know you're you're rooting like you said you're rooting for the guy with the name on the back of the jersey and not for the team on the front, and yep. it's it's really it's really sad. It really is. That's what sports, I mean, that's why I think it's just been, been a tough pill to swallow. Like, the older we get, which is shit, and we just see more of the dynamic and the layers. And, you know, again, it's, I know it's always been a business. It's, you know, it's you know it's always been a, you know, for-profit business. And I get it. They're going to try to squeeze every penny out. But I think they've, they've sold their souls, uh, you know, and I won't get too specific, you know, in many aspects on, on a business level. To maximize their profits and in doing so just really figure out one thing to put a good product out there there the, and, and i think that's not unnoticed i think it's just so um like you like like we've been saying it's have freak athletes have guys who are 6'10 and 
can dribble like KD. I mean, this new guy that the whole people to people say the Rockets are tanking for this French guy, what the, the Wama combo guy. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, yes. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the one picture he's I saw, he's blocking a shot. Fucking Yamo. His friggin' chin's at the rim. Blocking yeah, he, a shot. It's insane. He just grew. Yes. He just grew like five, like five more inches or something. Like it's he's insane. like, this guy jumped. Like, I don't, I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's a doctored picture, but the one I saw, like his literally his chin was at the rim. Like he was so fucking high. He was insane. And, Victor Webb and Yama. And it's like their mentality is, is like, great. We're, you know, if he stands in one pick, get him in here. Or we'll sell out. You get number one pick and we'll sell a, a million jerseys. And who cares that we haven't won more than 30 games in seven years? We have him and Jalen Green now. And these guys are young and they dunk and they don't win. But, and, and, and that's just the mentality. It's, and, and it is what it is. It's sell jerseys, sell tickets. And, so, and then the reality is that they don't even care if we watch them anymore on TV because they're trying to push this in, in an area that it's growing in popularity a little bit and that we won't get into. But they, uh, you know, let's just say they're on the far east side of the world and, you know, that's becoming their new growth strategy. Like, and if you, and you can really read into it, it is. Um, and, you know, not that it's, you know, wrong to deny people access to it, but it's just, I don't think they care about us like we're and i guess i had to accept that we're no longer their target demo like basketball fans i feel like that's how i feel like people who grew up playing basketball high school has been you know oh you know just you know weren't tall enough weren't fast enough we all had heart like matt said but we just knew that <laughs> sooner than later our days were over on a competitive level all yeah and nights and that's you know and we come to grips with it you know but at the same time, it's like we know how we were taught to play the game. And I'm sorry, I just watch it, and it's not the same game we were taught to play. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's – You just also a- don't have the guys that you're rooting for, though, but I think that's one of the major issues. The the younger guys that are in this league, the Lucas, the John Morants, the Jason Tatums, those three young guys are probably the top guys right now that you can look that are above, uh, below a certain age – that are superstar caliber in this league, but are they bringing you LeBron, Kobe, Jordan vibes? That, well, that, that was my other one of my other topics. I, I added to the doc late, but I, I wasn't in our chat. Was and it's on there now. Once LeBron and Steph are gone, who's the NBA? Right. Who's so, the fans? Those are. I mean, and you said it a few times earlier, John, and I, and I didn't want to come across like a smart ass trying to correct you. But I really think people throw the word superstar around way too much. Like they do the word genius and shit. Like superstar, you can have your hands. Goat is another one. Reggie Millers, like those guys. Like there's maybe four, five, six guys in the league that have superstars at any given time. I mean, maybe it would be a little bit more. uh, But like to me, Kawhi Leonard's not a superstar. He's really good. He's He's not a star. Paul George saying, you know, like. Paul George, LeBron, the KDs, the Stephs. Like I wouldn't even call Kyrie a superstar. He's super talented. He's mm-hmm. not a star. Like he don't. You know, and, and that's what I'm kind of mean. Like, yeah. And just and and this league's always been carried by like stars. So I think I think that's the reality too. And that's why there's a big push. I'm, I'll put on my conspiracy hat. Why there's a big push. Cue the X Files music. That's why there's a big push to really push this in Europe and 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 the Far East, um, in China specifically, 
because they know that this is a, a turning into a shit product. And it's like kind of like how they say movie stars are kind of dying in social media because there's no more mystique and like you know too much about people and it just kind of takes away like Tom Cruise is like they kind of say the last movie star kind of. Yeah. I feel like the NBA is the same way that we know too much about these guys and I think we got spoiled with like the Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, bang, 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 Steph. I, I mean, we watch a lot of NBA. I don't think Ja, Tatum, any of these guys, Devin Booker, Joel, even Joker, like Zion, these guys can't hold LeBron's shot or Steph's shot. You know what I mean? Like they don't have it. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe Tatum gets it in the next couple of years. Who knows? You know, like, I think the yeah. only one that comes close is like, is Giannis and like yeah and 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 I guess Giannis is there I guess he he would he be was superstar. he was never hyped though like you brought up Zion like Zion was supposed to be the next the next face of the NBA yes like from high school I mean he was a must watch Duke basketball remember yes. blowing, blowing the shoe out on the court like yes he was just a monster yes and then and it was he, like what Bill said Pelicans bring him in here we'll send we'll sell a a a shit ton of jerseys, all this hype. And you know, it's, it's a hope on a hope and a prayer, like any other player, like Chicago probably did with Michael Jordan back in the day. And the Lakers did with magic Johnson. You never know what these guys. So you take a chance, you roll the dice, but I guess Victor Webb and Yamo going to be, I mean, he, he's a seven foot two guy. Like he's super skinny, big wingspan, but like, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Victor, like Webb and Yama. But we're so, (laughs) to Bill's point, we're so quick to crown these guys. You know, we're crowning, and it's it's making these it's making them look like we're crowning them so fast that it's like clowning the league. You know, no, it's like it takes away from like having like mystiques and like actually that's not the word I wanted to say. It takes away from like having like the, the, like the different levels of just like nuance of being a fan of the game. It's like, Oh yeah, man, we've got really good guys, but we don't have LeBron or we don't, right. like, you know, like we got really good guy, you know? And it's, so it's just like, it waters it down of, after a while. Like oh, well, if everyone, uh, if everyone's a superstar, guy, it's like, mm, is yeah, is no, he? but it, it waters it down. Like hundred percent. It takes away like, to be like, you know, because it's the same thing. It's like we've all said the same thing, and this is true. Like, you know, multiple times, like, like, like my old man was a ball basketball fan, but the Bulls were on. He watched it a little bit. It's like, oh, Jordan's on, and it's like, I don't know. The NBA has that. It will have that. Like, this is my analogy, and it's probably my final thought for this episode. But and it's not a direct analogy, but I've been watching a lot of old school WWF wrestling lately, and the whole thing about superstars that you were, we're talking about right now. I think the way the WWF did it in the eighties is how, why we liked the, the nineties NBA product was because these guys had to earn their stripes to be crowned a superstar. Get to the that's why, level. And th- that's why there was only one Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. If everyone was hyped and promoted like Hulk Hogan and they, and, and they gave us five Hulk Hogan's, you, you know, it, it it, the, when the music came on and the lights went down and you saw the, the yellow and red come out in the spotlight, it wouldn't be as special. Right. 
Like, but like, that's what, that's and that's entertainment. That's why that's what keeps people coming back. It's that mystique. It's that hype. It's that and feeling that we get. Them, like to, hey, to say, hey, maybe Josh, you got the Undertakers I, and the I, Ultimate Warriors and the King Kong Bundys and the Ricky the Dragon Steamboats that were like all talented, but they never made it to that that pantheon. You know, you, you also have to have one of the major things which we haven't really well we talked about it, but talent. Yeah, like oh, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Not to segue into wrestling, but Hulk Hogan. Like I said, would love to, and we well, need a wrestling episode soon. We will, but he was billed, billed as a superstar. Yep. He also performed as a superstar, and he delivered. You're when we throw around, and I'm not trying to knock John Morant, but I'm using him, or let's use Luca because I think he's probably one of the ones that's probably better off right now, um, as far as like superstar status, yeah. but. If Luca doesn't win and doesn't live up to the talent or the billing, he's he can't be Hulk Hogan. No. Right? And if you say, I, I'm not able to win in Dallas, but I have a better chance of winning going to the Lakers, for example, with LeBron next year, that doesn't make me a superstar because I joined forces and did that, right? Uh, you know, I'll give you the, the simplest example, and then I'll let Matt wrap it up. Look at Charles Barkley. People, some people argue he's maybe the most talented ball player to ever play, pound for pound. Yeah, and he's never in that category because why? He has zero chips. Yep. If he even had one chip, you would hear his name mentioned so much more in the all-time greats. I guarantee it. Absolutely. But the fact that he has zero. Ah, oh, what are you gonna do? You know, he's a good player. It's like no, he was a great player, but just couldn't get it done. So that kind of thing you said, Matt. He never got to the pantheon. He had the potential. The talent was there, the potential was there, but he just couldn't be the leader on a team to get past the Jordan or you know whatever. But yeah, but there's there's also you know we talk about the three things right to win the Super Bowl all the time, but we're forgetting the other one too. Luck. Yeah. Right? yeah. If yeah. you don't run into ba- the bounce in Toronto, John, the bounce in Toronto. Yeah. If you don't run into Michael Jordan, you know, throughout those years, you might have other championships, right? You know, I mean, if you if LeBron James isn't in the in the in the story, maybe there is more championships for Dirk Nowitzki. Or if Jordan stayed retired, Barkley probably had would have had a chip. Would have had a really good chance of winning a chip. Carl Malone, another one. Patrick he, 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 Matt Patrick Ewing definitely had one. Yeah, I mean, there's some. You name it. You name them. All of those guys. But that's what they do. That's what the Le- that's what the Stephs do. The Lebrons. The Jordans, I mean, LeBron not as much, but he did it for a while. I mean, he went to a lot of finals. I mean, he, he, Paul George and those Pacers teams were always the one seed. And then LeBron would come in and kick their ass. And steamboat them. Yep. And like that, and, and, and he did it when it was at the Heat and then with the Cavs. Like, and you're right, like, the great ones stomp on your, I mean, look at Mahomes. Mm. Everybody comes and stomp in their throat. That's well, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not the favorite. Okay, I'll come in. I'll play better than anybody out here today. So that's what I think as sports fans we crave. Like we want to see that and it annoys the shit out of me and us, obviously, when they crown these dudes for having like a, a good year or two and or whatever. But it's like, dude, like let's you know, let's pump the brakes and if he, if he does it for five years in a row, then let's talk. But you know, it's it's you know, it's you know, it's just uh yeah, the old man, I guess the old man sinking in. Steph, <laughs> Steph Curry, I would probably argue, is probably when you go Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, 
I think Steph's the next guy. And then I think we get to enjoy Steph for, you know, four or five more years. Maybe I mean, he's 34 maybe, this year. Yeah, maybe, I, I, I think maybe two or three. Year or two will be like elite. And I think he'll be, he'll be kind of that role player. But he'll be around. I think you're right for a few more years. But he's the guy. He's like the next guy. And then I think probably there's going to be someone in the next four years that hopefully we're hopefully the product gets better. And there is a the next guy. I, you know, maybe it's LeBron James's kid. I I don't know. He's got a he's got a big right. ladder to climb. But it's going to be someone, a, a Victor Webb and Yamo type guy or whatever, a Zion, the next Zion who isn't always injured. But that next guy, hopefully in the next four or five years, takes the throne, um, no pun intended, from, yeah. from these from guys. The king. Yeah, yeah, from the king. Yeah, yeah. No, well, but, I mean, you know, you got to go do it. And that's, I mean, Jordan had to beat the Pistons, you know. It's, you know, it's, you got to kind of take that torch and, you know, I guess LeBron's kind of already proven that he's he's not done, but he he he. I mean, he still has skill. It's just a shame that that he tried to play GM and he just ruined that franchise. And now they're just scrambling. And it's just another case in point. No matter who you are, I mean, let me look at the Bulls. I mean, they didn't listen to Jordan very much, and they continuously put out a good team around. Like I think it goes back to show that. These players got too much, get so much control, and LeBron played GM and wanted Westbrook and this guy. And look what happens. Now you're not, yep. now you're fighting to be a tense to get into the playing game. But right. you're right. I think it's. Uh, but if he would have stayed in Cleveland, Bill, and only won one championship, would he? Would his to to Matt's original point? Would his brand? Would it have? Would he been getting the yeah, Nike contract? The I would would he have been you? able to do all the things he's been doing for all his years? If he would have stayed in Cleveland and only got that one championship and do, now doing the same thing he's doing, but still in Cleveland. So it's kind of like you weigh those situations as, yeah. like I said, I think when, when Matt brought the brand part up with it, I was like, I don't know if I agree with that. And then as we've kind of talked, I'm like, it makes perfect sense now. Like, why would you not do that? Why would you not? Like, why you, do you really think Giannis or he's a bad example because he won, but is Luka Doncic, or John Morant going to stay in those smaller markets? Now, I mean, they're, they're talking about it that if, you know, that's where they got Kyrie in Dallas because Luke has been screaming for a second star because you yeah. need it. And yeah. that if Kyrie's going to fizzle out probably, and then I think in two more years he can go, like, he's not going to go. He'll go to the Lakers or the Knicks. Like, and because all these guys, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it, I mean, Dallas is an all right city probably. That's smart. You can stay in Texas for no state taxes. Or go to Florida, maybe, but um, no, you're right, John. It's it goes to be where, like, as a fan, it's like from day one, the clock, the clock's already ticking. I feel like internally to be like, oh, if we don't win now, like, you know, and then and then even us, not to be like flopping around too much. I know I'm to try to end this. What do we do with Maxi next year? You gotta be, are you, are you gonna give him a max deal? Because somebody's gonna offer him a max deal if we don't, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, again. I love the kid. Has he earned it? I don't know. Doc put him off the bench now. We are not going to see him fucking 40 minutes a game like we should. So it's just so fucked up that how, like, you have so short of a period of time to determine, okay, is this guy a cornerstone to our franchise? And no shit. You know, the Bulls are going to offer this kid 40 million, so we got to, too. Right. What the fuck? Now we're really tied to this kid. Or, or you have the other end of it, and you have Zion, who is always injured. Yeah. Right. And how do you not pay him if you're the Pelicans? How do you not pay this kid? Right. He, he puts butts in the seats when he's playing and when, yeah. when he has flashes of it. But, you know, 
then you have the other side of it. It's it's Ben Simmons who just gets all the money and doesn't want to do anything. It's like yeah. you're dealing with way too many variables and it's way too, you know, it, it's not a perfect science to draft as we know. It's not a perfect science in free agency. No, it's not. It's, really it's not. You're totally right. And it's just, you know, this franchise, I just feel like, you know, the basketball gods have really been like, when, do you really think we're going to let you win a chip after you tank for five years, you dumb shits? There's no way. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe prove me wrong though. Best Sixers. Well, hey, here's here's some good news about the Sixers. They got a win tonight against a really good Memphis team. Ten nine eight. Ten nine eight. Book it, baby. Never Check us it. out on the social media interwebs. Forfeit Pod at Forfeit Pod. Email us forfeitpod at gmail dot com. Guys, it's great talking hoops. Like I said, I think. You know, there's so many layers of this onion that we could just keep peeling back for hours. And that's why I feel like this was a good part one. Uh, I can't wait for part two. I think we have to have another hoops episode really soon and a WWE, WWF wrestling, wrestling episode. I think it's long overdue as well. But until then, I'm Metal Matt for Big John Stud, Wild Bill. Be good. 10 9 8. Go Birds!